0: praise the lord can you say hallelujah with me <laughs> Woo! god it's good amen good all the time right well it's a blessing to be back here again i've been in and out of here and lord willing i'm going to get over here eventually forever for good anyway until until uh, the coming of the lord but uh as you know bert, bert and becky and i've been great friends for well over 30 years and it's such a blessing to come see the work that God's doing through their lives. And, and I'm humbled. I'm humbled by their lives and by their blessing to people and how they've been faithful to God. And uh, it's just a beautiful thing to watch because I've, I saw them when we were young puppies. And uh, now we're older. <laughs> but uh, it's just a blessing to see the work that God's doing here. I know that uh, God's going to use this place smiley for Kerrville. For the state and for the nations. And that's what we need to believe as people of the kingdom of God. And I know that's what is preached from this pulpit. So I'm just so thankful for Bert and Becky and the whole family. The worship team was awesome. They're great. And just uh, the integrity, the integrity that I know is in this place. And before I share or get going into scripture, I want to just give thanks to a precious lady that... Uh, has been a major support of my ministry, a major prayer warrior for me. Sue, stand up, darling. I want you to stand up. Sue Isaac, she's like my second. Give her a hand, please. Y'all give her a hand. She's, she's been a major support of my ministry, and she's like my second mom and my prayer warrior, and we talk a lot and share, and God has used me in her life, and she, God's used her in my life, and uh, to be such a blessing. Sue, I love you, darling. Thank you so much. Well, what days we're living in. What days we're living in? Just pray with me real quick, Father. God, I ask you to help me to deliver your heart. God give me wisdom how to speak from your spirit, to touch your precious people. Father, give me words of knowledge, words of understanding, words that would go to the heart of the matter in all of our lives. God, that we could be changed and to become more and more like you. And we give you thanks in the name above every name, Jesus Christ. While that song was being sung, our sins are great, but his love was greater. And the and spirit of just brokenness came over me because if you would have known me 35 years ago, My sins were great; they were great. And then I got saved, and as some of y'all know, I was a professional motorcycle racer, making a lot of money, and I was on the world scene, and had a lot of glory in this life, and this, that, and the other, and and uh, got married, had kids, and all that, and things were going okay. But then I lost my first love. I lost my first love. I went to church. I had all the emotions. I acted spiritual, and I, and I was. I'm not, I wasn't backslidden, but, but there were things wrong in my life. And then I got off track into certain teachings that really drew me away from what we're going to talk about today. In fact, for a short time, Bert and Becky and I lost fellowship because Bert told me, Steve, that's not right. And I thought I was right. You know, there's one thing incredible about deception. When we're deceived, we think we're right. We think we're right. And Bert and I, we, we didn't talk for some years and, and then finally God slowly began opening my eyes to understand where I, I missed it and I got way off. But it caused a lot of destruction. My friend, sin destroys us. Rebellion destroys us. We are like Superman, but when kryptonite gets around us and we allow that kryptonite, that sin, to take hold of our life, and then we begin getting off the mark, because the word sin literally means missing the mark, and it's amazing. I'm a pilot. I have a a license to fly an airplane, and you can adjust your, your DG, your directional heading, a little bit, and the wind blows us all over the place in the air, and if you don't And, of course, the newer planes are much better, but my plane didn't quite. But when you have this manual heading director, you've got to always be adjusting the heading. You have to always tweak it. If I put that heading on and don't look it for three hours, I'm going to be 50 miles off course because of the wind. It's a continual adjustment in our lives all the time. That's why we have to be involved in the Word of God and in fellowship, and we're going to talk about that in the message as well. That's why we have to help each other. And I thank God because, what, maybe 10 or 15 years ago now, Bert and I started fellowshiping again, and, oh, man, it's just precious. It's precious because we have the same spirit, the same direction. We're headed the same way. And it's amazing when we're with the brethren, when we're with people that are full of the Spirit of God, you you have a joy, you have a a peace, you have a love, you, you just want to interact with them and just love being around them. And I I just am so thankful because I know we're all headed to a good place. We're headed to a good place. And sometimes we also begin thinking that this world is our home. Brothers and sisters, we're pilgrims and strangers. We're occupying in this world, taking ground in this world. We're occupying in the name above every other name. We're occupying as sons and daughters of God because our Father does own this earth. Amen? Amen. And it was, it was taken. Our dear brother Adam gave it away. But you know what? Jesus Christ won it back and now you and I are here as the church to take authority and to tell people about this gospel of the kingdom. Yes. Right. Open your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. First Corinthians chapter 15. And in this, the Corinthians, if you all know your Bible pretty good, this is an incredible story. Some of the greatest chapters in the Bible in here. I mean, the gifts of the Spirit are talked about. The, the one, one of the most famous, same, famous chapters in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 13, on love, what love is. Love hopes all things, believes all things, patient, kind, all those other things. I mean, the Corinthian church had wisdom. They had understanding, but they also had a lot of sin problem. They had problem with sin. And that sin tries to lurk at our door. But in a, lot of, in a lot of sex or thoughts or ideas in the body of Christ, different people attack sin and troubles in certain ways. And the way I used to attack it 10 years ago does not work. It doesn't work. You know, I hear a lot of... I don't know if you're all on YouTube a lot, but I watch a lot of YouTubes and I watch a lot of preachers and I try to ascertain where they're coming from and, and, and gather things. And sometimes I can only watch it for 10 seconds and I turn it off. But there's a lot of people that put down the Word of Faith movement. Have y'all ever heard of people like that? Y'all ever heard of people like that? No? Not really? Well, you know what? That's exactly what Paul preached in Romans 10. He said, it's the word of faith which we preach. So if we're not preaching the word of faith, uh, I got a problem with it. Because 10 years ago, I didn't necessarily believe like I do now. And it about destroyed my life. It about destroyed my life. Because we must be preaching faith in God. Faith in God. And we must walk in faith in God. Like a dear brother said, no fear. No fear, it's faith in God. And that's where God is taking the church. That's where he's taking us. But this church in 1 Corinthians here, they had a lot, they had a lot of wisdom, a lot of understanding, a lot of things, but they had a major problem with sin, adultery, and all kinds of other things that were going on in their church body that Paul had established. And toward the end of the chapter of 1 Corinthians He says in verse 33, do not be deceived, evil company corrupts good habits. But then he says this, verse 34, awake to righteousness and do not sin. For some do not have the knowledge of God, and I speak this to your shame. Awake to righteousness and do not sin. So much of our preaching today, I hear all the time, get rid of the sin, you better lay it down, you better do this, you better do that. And I go, well, that's good, but that didn't help me. When I had a lot of money, things were going great, everything was going good, you know what, I was trying to get rid of sin at times because I was kind of sliding in a way that I should have slid 15 years ago, I was sliding away because I was kind of stuck in legalism, always focusing on the sin, always focusing on my problem, always focusing on my failure and my own weakness. And it about destroyed me again. I mean, the devil almost beat me up bad enough when I was in the world. And then I came into the body of Christ, was saved, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Born again, and God used me in, a, in, in mighty ways in the motor, motorcycle racing world. But then I kind of started sliding back because I got stuck under ministries of legalism. Brothers and sisters, that's more deadly than sin. It's the word of faith which we preach. It's the word of faith which we preach. The word sin means missing the mark. Sin makes us dumb, it makes us stupid. It makes us foolish. All sin, ungodly habits, all poverty, all pain, all suffering, all false guilt, condemnation, all fear, all disasters, which we've been seeing the last two weeks, and human suffering comes into this world because of sin, because of missing the mark. Adam and Eve were clothed in God's glory. They were clothed in God's glory. God wants you and me to be clothed in this glory. We're going to talk about that at the end of the message as well. I'm going to read in Luke 21. You can. You can I'm just going to jump around here for a second. But I used to be a, a, a big. I studied a lot of eschatology and I studied a lot of what's going on as far as future events. But then I found out one thing. The guys I was listening to were never right. (laughs) And I thought, okay, Lord, I'm just going to read this book and I'm going to believe what you say. But yet, take it carefully because if we focus on the bad, if we focus on the negative, if we focus on so much prophecy preaching and thinking the world's going to end tomorrow, brother says, we're not going to get anywhere. We're not going to get anywhere. Yes, bad happens, and it's because that sin and rebellion are in this world from the destroyer. But what happened to the children of Israel when they were in Egypt? Egypt was here, and Goshen was right next door where they were living. And when they put the blood on their doorposts, glory to God, the destroyer passed over them. And by you and me being part of the body of Christ... And staying connected, staying involved, staying full of faith, staying full of what we're going to talk about in righteousness, knowing who we really are. That death angel is going to pass over us, bros and sisters. That's right. Not only bros, it's sisters. what's the nickname for that? The death angel has nothing to do with us. It says the destroyer, called the destroyer. And in Luke 21, it talks about how Jerusalem is going to be overrun by the Gentiles. And Jerusalem was overrun by the Gentiles. And now, the Israel people are back, but Jerusalem still isn't all theirs. Verse 25, though, it says, And there will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars, and on the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Boy, we're seeing that right now, aren't we? We're seeing that big time. Men's hearts felling them for fear. From what? Fear, for the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the sunny man coming in the clouds, on a cloud with power and great glory. Now when you see these things to happen, happen, look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draws near. Well, many theologians believe this already happened in 70 A.D. I don't know if you all know about the sect of the movement called Preterism. Do any of y'all know about Preterism? You all know about Preterism? There's a lot of people believed in 70 AD that this happened because Jesus did come back in the clouds in a sense because the Jewish religion was wiped out. The temple was crushed. And the words of Jesus where he said, not one stone will be left upon another were done in 70 AD. That actually happened. The destruction of Jerusalem happened. And a lot of theologians believe that this portion of scripture was fulfilled and that's a possibility but yet the bible or the world history continually creates it seems like it goes into a circle if you know what i mean we and we never what's the old saying we never learn from history right well let's learn (laughs) let's learn so this is what jesus said was going to happen and it did happen in 70 a.d there were mighty devastations in the world, according to history, and Jerusalem was wiped out. And the Gentiles trod over Jerusalem back then. But as we see what's going on in the world today, we see things happening, and we go, Lord, what's going on? Well, you know what, Jesus might come back, glory to God. But you know what, and I'm gonna look, and I'm gonna live my life, I'm gonna live my life accordingly because I wanna look for him. And our redemption is drawing nigh. Do you know that Peter and Paul both thought the Lord was going to come back in their lifetime? I mean, it says, they both say the the coming of the Lord is at hand. The coming of the Lord is near. They were wrong. They were wrong. If that's what they meant. If that's the way we interpret it. Because there seems to be in prophecy type preaching this feeling like the end of the world's tomorrow. It's all going to happen tomorrow. Brothers and sisters, we can't live like that. We have to live in faith one day at a time. Like Pastor Burt says, faith is now. Faith is now. Faith is now. Faith is now. We live day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute, second by second in faith. And when the Lord comes, he's going to find us ready. Because Jesus said, will I find faith when I come back? Will I find faith when I come back to the earth? Glory to God. He's going to find it at the gates of the city. Amen? Amen. Amen. He's going to find people of faith. You know, there's going to be bad happen a lot in our life. No doubt about it. Jesus said it rains on the just and the unjust. I mean, look at Houston. Brother Joel Osteen, probably the most well-known preacher of positive declarations and everything in the world. And that happened. But you know what he said? Glory to God, we're going to go, go forward and rebuild. And that's all we can do. Amen. Sometimes things just happen. But I'm telling you, I believe God wants to pour out His Spirit on a last day church where we will truly be walking in His glory in much greater degrees than we are right now. I just have to believe that. I believe that because in Romans chapter 8, it talks about the earth is being in convulsions and labor pains. Why? Because the earth wants to be delivered from sin. The earth wants to be delivered from this disaster. The the spirit of disaster, the spirit of destruction. The earth itself wants to be delivered. But you know what that scripture says also? It says, but the earth is waiting, is waiting for the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. The sons and daughters of God. It's waiting for that. The earth is looking for you and me. The earth is looking for us. And I I just have to believe the words that Jesus said in John 14. He said, the same works that I'll do and greater. I want to believe that. I can't say I see that with my natural eye yet. And yes, we've seen here and there different things. But I believe God is preparing certain people. And folks, you don't hear this preached in many churches. Because it takes faith to believe that. It takes faith to believe that. It takes stepping out to believe that that God wants to pour out his glory upon our last days church. And listen, the end is not going to come until this gospel is preached to the world anyway. (laughs) In Matthew, Jesus said, this gospel shall be preached to the ends of the world and then the end will come. It ain't preached yet to the end of the world. Let's do our best to do it, amen? Let's do our best. Go back to 1 Corinthians 15. But the only way we're going to get there. There's only one way to get there to where we really believe that we can do what Jesus said can be done. And that is awake to righteousness. Awake to righteousness. See, when we get off of the idea that we are totally righteous because of the free gift, because of the free love, because of the... the absolute blood of Jesus that was poured out for the world. When we get away from the fact that it's all for free, righteousness is freely given. Romans ten ten says, it's a free gift of righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5, 21 talks about those who walk in this life shall reign through the free gift of righteousness. Righteousness is a free gift. And we must always walk conscious that We are righteous because of what Jesus Christ did on that cross. That's why faith in Jesus Christ, or that's why Christianity is the only true faith in the world. That's the only reason. That's the the only reason is there was a man, a man, a man who came down from heaven, laid down his heavenly powers, came to this earth, and walked on this earth as God in the flesh, as well as man, You know, there were things when you read the the Gospels, there were times Jesus didn't know certain things, and you go, wow, he had to ask questions, where is that person, or how much food do we have, and you go, well, you know what, he also walked as a man, but he walked in faith in God, and we walk in the flesh too, and then all of a sudden, the Spirit of God will speak to us, but we walk along in the flesh, believing all the time, always believing, I am the righteousness of God, I am pure and holy, I am clean before you, Father. Father. And I can be confident before you because I believe that, not because of anything that we do, nothing that we do. And when we do step off the boat, so to speak, and do something we shouldn't do or say something we shouldn't say or have something that's not right and we know it, the Bible says a righteous man may fall seven times. Glory to God, and he gets back up. And the Bible says the righteous are bold as a lion. You know what? We can be bold facing this world. We can have confidence that God is with us when we know who we are in right standing with God. And why is that? Simply by the blood of Jesus Christ on that cross that paid the price for you and me and the whole world. You know the whole world, God sees the whole world as righteous. It's us is the problem. It's us is the problem. Why is that? Go to John chapter 15. John 15. John 15. Jesus said an amazing thing. Verse three. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. What? What? Yeah. Because when we believe his word... For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but I have everlasting life. He will never leave me nor forsake me. To those who come to Him, He will in no way cast them out. Do we believe that? Glory to God. We believe that word. When we believe that, I will be with you always, even to the ends of the earth. When we believe His word, we're clean. But isn't it amazing? Jesus said to the disciples at the Last Supper, all of you are clean except one. Why? That one didn't believe. That one walked and saw the miraculous power of God, saw God doing the miracles, fulfilling the the food and the 5,000 and everything like that, saw incredible miracles happen around him, yet he chose to not believe and to go the other way for money, for money. And Jesus said, we're clean because of his word, because of his word. It is so simple, and legalism in churches and the sin of deception tries to get us off the mark of how simple it really is by believing, by standing in faith and saying, you know what, I am righteous because of what you did, and I'm going to walk righteous before you with boldness, amen? Simply because of what we believe. And Jesus goes on in verse four, abiding me and I will abide in you. A branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. There's no way we're gonna bear the fruit we need to bear unless we realize who we are. We're righteous before God, believing his word, standing on his word. Our dear sister Delia talked about believing God and doing mighty things and miracles, I believe all that. Sometimes, though, when we pray, it doesn't happen right away. And that's what we have to stand in faith and believe. And say, you know what? I don't care. That's what I prayed. I'm going to believe that's going to come to pass. There's things that we have to stand on. We can't give up. All through the Bible talks about continuing in the faith. Continuing in the faith. Colossians 1, Paul calls them blameless, but continue in the faith. And we continue in the faith by number one, believing his word, believing the word of Jesus. You know, I Brother Copel say this one time, and I, I believe it more and more every day. There's a lot of things in the Old Testament, and I used to hear a lot of Old Testament preached. A lot. But a lot of times it doesn't quite line up with Jesus' character. I like what Brother Copel said. Red words win. Red words win. <laughs> Amen? Red words win. In the Old Testament, they were killing their enemies sometimes. Jesus said, love your enemy. Red words win. And until I can really understand all that, I'm not going to go over there. I'm going to stay right here in the new covenant. I'm a new covenant Christian. Amen? Are you a new covenant Christian? I'm a new covenant Christian, not an old covenant Christian. The Bible says the old covenant's passed away. It's done away with. And that's another story. But anyway, you know what? We abide in Christ because of what he did on the cross. We keep our eyes on him, and we continue to walk with him and realize we are absolutely clean. I mean, how much more simple can it be? Jesus said, because of the word I preached to you, you're clean. That is so simple. That is so simple. And go to First John chapter 1. First John chapter 1. So when we are walking with God, we continue to believe in his word, his promises, what he said to us, what he said about us, what he said he wants to fulfill in our lives. We continue to walk with him and believe his word. And then secondly, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ the Son cleanses us. That word cleanse also means righteousness. We become righteous. Do you know, even by coming to church today, you're being cleansed. You're being cleansed. You're being cleansed. Through the praise and worship, through the preaching of the word, you're being cleansed. We're being cleansed. I mean, I might preach myself happy up here. You've heard that said before, everybody. <laughs> and you know what? That's why it's so beautiful to come together in fellowship around those of the like precious faith. Those who are walking on the same path we are, but yet we also are trying to bring other people into this understanding of the kingdom of righteousness, of righteousness, and it is so simple, simply by believing in what Jesus did on that cross makes us absolutely clean, absolutely clean, and I got off track of that about 15 years ago, 20 years ago or so, and and the enemy is very seductive and very uh, conniving, putting things in our mind. Well, you didn't do this. You didn't do that. Look at you. Look, look at what you're doing. And see, when we begin listening to those thoughts of fear, of unbelief, of going off track, oh, you don't need to go to church today. Ah, uh, you know what? Do something else. It, it weakens us. It's like that kryptonite I was talking about earlier. So we want to stay in fellowship, and when we're in fellowship, when we're around other believers, isn't it amazing? We're built up. That's why Paul said over there in the very first scripture I read, bad morals corrupts good. Well, guess what? Let's let our good corrupt their bad. Amen? Listen, you and I are called to be a light, to be a light into this world, to tell people about Jesus Christ. Well, Brother Steve, you don't know what I'm going through. Glory to God. That, now that's going to give you an opportunity to have faith. We're all going through something. We're all being challenged by something. There's always going to be a challenge for us. Glory to God. You know what Paul said? Bring it on, man. Bring it on. That's what Paul said. Bring it on. Bring on the challenge. I can overcome it. And God wants to mature us into a people that are strong in faith, that are not moved by things happening in our life. By not moved. Amen. Amen. I'm going to go to Isaiah chapter 32. Isaiah chapter 32. Verse 17. The work of righteousness. Okay, so if we're walking in righteousness, now, I understand we're all at different levels, okay? I understand that. And I'm not the judge of anybody. Believe me, I learned that long. Oh, well, I, didn't learn, I wish I learned it a lot sooner. But I learned it. I am not the judge of anybody. We don't judge anybody as far as their righteousness. We might want to judge their fruit and walk away from it. I mean, if I'm around somebody that's going to be talking bad about people all the time and doing this and there, get on the, get on the internet. I mean, social media, social media is sick with people. You get on there and read all the negative news all the time. I mean, and it's amazing how free, God forgive me, and I never want to do that again. I haven't done it in a long time, praise God, but it's amazing how free we are on social media to type what we think about somebody or something that's this, that, and the other. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I mean, what a joke. That's not Christianity. That's not. If, if I'm going to have a problem with somebody, if we're men about it and women about it, we go to them and say, you know, dear brother, I've got this problem. But it better be in gentleness. Because when people come to me with an anger, with a, an overwhelming like, uh, feeling of I'm under them, I mean, now, uh-uh, uh-uh don't, don't go there. Don't go there. Because Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, this is off the notes now, Jesus said in Matthew 11, For I'm lowly, meek, and kind, when you're around me, you'll find rest for your souls. Whoa! Whoa! When I'm around somebody and I don't have a rest for my soul, I begin kind of pulling away. Pulling away. And when I read stuff on social media sometimes, I go, my gosh, how can they write that about somebody? And they say they're a Christian? I'm telling you, folks, it's dangerous. Deception enters in when we get a wrong idea about things. And half the time, we don't even really know what's going on. And you know, I'm not going to say we because I don't do it. But I'm saying people that write in there, all the negative. And I was talking to Sue coming down here today about all the news we hear, all the negativity. There's so much news and everything I don't even watch it much anymore. I might turn off for a few minutes because it gets too heavy. It gets too heavy. I'm not going to go there. But Isaiah 32, the work of righteousness, so if we're really walking in a mature righteousness and And I know a lot of people aren't mature in this, and that's okay. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. But I want you to know as you're growing in God, as you're growing in righteousness, as you're growing in understanding of who you and I really are, as we're understanding and beholding him more and more and more, the work of righteousness will be peace. How many of y'all want peace? In a world of turmoil, we want peace. Amen? Well, then we better believe we're righteous yeah. and allow that spirit of God to work in us so we walk righteous we talk righteous we stand righteous and the effect of righteousness quietness you know what that word means in the original Hebrew undisturbed when I think of Pastor Burt I, I, I'm also I'm, that's what I see in him undisturbed Becky you too darling undisturbed, and assurance forever. Glory to God. Do you know you're going to have to be with me forever? (laughs) You have to be with me forever. I tell you, I love that scripture, and whenever I kind of start getting worked up, I go back and say, no. (sighs) No, 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 I'm going to stay in peace. I'm going to stay in peace. And I'm not going to be disturbed by that. God, that looks terrible. But I'm not going to be moved by what I see. I'm not going to be moved by what I feel. I'm going to be moved by the Word of God and faith in the Word of God that you're with me and you will never leave me nor forsake me. You're with me to the ends of the earth. Brothers and sisters, we have to believe that. Amen? We have to believe that. And we need to be, if we're not strong enough to be a light unto those that are in darkness, we need to be around people that are to build us up so then we'll have the strength to go out there and say, you know what? You need Jesus Christ. He loves you. I'm going to tell you, it's a lot easier to preach here than some of the racetracks I preach around the country. I promise you. I promise you. It's much easier to preach to people that have the same spirit that I do than to be talking to, you know, some full-on heathens out there like I used to be 30 years ago. But you know what? God died for them. Jesus died for them. He died for them. And he sends me out there in that world to bring the light of the gospel and glory to God. We've had some great fruit, great fruit, and we just praise God for that. So what are, the, what are the promises of walking in righteousness, this free gift that makes us blameless because of the blood of Jesus? There's so many of them, it's incredible. But God hears our prayers. God He says hears our prayers. Well, if my prayer, well, Brother Steve, my prayer didn't get answered right away. Well, stand in faith. Stand in faith. Well, I, tell you, I just don't know if it's ever going to happen. Well, it's not. He's wanting to grow us up, to not be children, not be crying and pooping in our diapers, okay? He's wanting to make us mature men and women of God that endure hardship, that go through the fire. Because glory to God, when we come out, we're going to be pure, amen? And do you know something? Jesus needs you and me to believe we're righteous. Do you know that? He needs us to believe we're righteous. Because if you and I don't believe we're righteous, then we don't even believe our prayers or anything. We just you know, throw them up like popcorn, pop, you know, popcorn, whatever. No, because Jesus said in Matthew 9, 38, he told us to pray for laborers to go into the harvest field. It's our duty to pray for God to send people out there into the harvest. If we don't believe that we're absolutely righteous before God and be bold to come before him, our prayers aren't going to go anywhere. And Jesus wants us to pray for laborers to go out to bring people in to the harvest. God's heart is yearning. His heart is with passion and love for the world. And that's you and my job to go out there. You've come in here to get full. To get full of the word of God. To, get, to, to have faith in your heart. And to understand that you are the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. And go out there and show it to the world, Amen. That's our job. That's our job. You know, I used to be a racer, and I made some good money. But I used to get trophies. We go to heaven. There's going to be trophies for the things that we do. Going to be trophies for those that, in different ways, we have different giftings. But you and I can all pray, Amen. We can all pray. Jesus needs us to pray. The righteous will never be forsaken, our our children begging for bread. Man, I need that one. I want that one. I want to know that my children will never be begging. It says right here, if I walk in righteousness, my children will never be begging for bread. So my righteousness is going to go on down to them and to them and to them. It's it's taking a lot of faith to believe that because of what I see at certain times, but I'm just going to stand and believe it. Amen? The righteous will reign in life, and the righteous glory to God will go have eternity in heaven. God needs you and me to believe they were absolutely righteous, totally, completely righteous. And that word "righteous" means to be perfection, clean, pure, upright, morally and legally right in our mind. It's as we should be, a condition acceptable to God. Do you know when Jesus he said, "I come to make you clean?" This is going to be hard for so many people to swallow. But when we believe we're righteous, you and I are just as righteous as Jesus. And so that means just as righteous as God Almighty. Because in Romans 3.23, the Bible says, For we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all know the scripture, right? We all know that scripture real good. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But through the redemption of Jesus Christ, we become righteous. You know what? The glory of God. The glory of God is God's righteousness. That's His glory, His perfection. That's His glory, His beauty. That's His glory. And when we believe we are righteous, we are candidate to get this glory back because we fell from the glory and now when we have the righteousness of Jesus Christ in our heart and we know it, the glory of God is back on us, amen? And what Adam lost, Jesus Christ won back, amen? Adam lost the glory of God. He lost it. He had it too and he lost it but Jesus Christ won it back for you and me and for the world. And we need to walk in that confidence knowing that the glory of God is in our life. And it, that varies f- for different people. Like I've told Sue before, she's a blessing in my life and a blessing to other people. And prayer and, and being a blessing to in however way she can. She supports my ministry and things like that. And I've told my mom, Mom, you're there in the kitchen. But your job is to pray and to believe you're not out in the field like I am, but you, you support me to being out there. Without people like Sue and other people giving in my ministry, I can't be out in the field sharing Christ. We all have a part in this work, in this labor of love. You have a part. I have a part. You Sunday school workers, the praise team, other things that are going on around. Your part is that. You have a part. And I want you to know your part is valid. Without Sue, I can't go out and preach the gospel. Each one of our parts are important. Don't ever think your part's not important. It might seem little compared to Joel Osteen, okay? Mine seems real little compared to him, but that's okay. I'm responsible for my part, amen? You're responsible for your part. Amen. Of knowing that you are the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ, and you are full of the glory of God. And what did Jesus say when someone's full of the glory? Talked about the glory of God. He talked about healing the young boy, the paralytic, 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 is that the right word there? And he said, you will see the glory of God. My friend, when we are walking in this world, let's be open to pray for people, to talk to people, to love people, be willing to be quick to pray, to be willing to be quick to talk about your faith in Jesus Christ, because you are the righteousness of God. Your righteousness is equal with God's righteousness my righteousness is equal with God's righteousness in fact in fact Jesus talked about in John 17 I give the glory to you that my father gave to me that's the same thing as righteousness and this amazed me when I was studying this out the word righteousness in the old testament and the word just are the same and the word righteousness in the new testament just are the same. They're basically the same definition. But the, den- the, den- the denotation was amazing when I looked at this. In the Old Testament, Hebrew word righteousness, it meant walk a straight line. Think about that. It meant walk straightly. Walk a straight line. You know what it means in the New Testament? The, den- the denotation of righteousness? Equity or equal. Walk equal with God the Old Testament you better walk straight line the New Testament walk as God will walk what did Paul say in Ephesians 5 imitate God imitate God we imitate God by loving people by praying for people by bringing people into the kingdom of God by telling people what Jesus Christ has done in our life listen you may be going through troubles or problems that doesn't matter It doesn't matter what's happening in our flesh. It matters what's happening in our spirit, where our faith is at. That's what determines our future. Because this is subject to change. This is going to change. Things in the flesh, things we're going through, challenges, whatever, that's going to change. What doesn't change is right here the spirit man. And we walk in faith of our righteousness. Amen? Am I making any sense? Amen. You are righteous before God if you believe in Jesus Christ. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and that work that he did on Calvary, my brother, my sister, you're righteous. And you're as bold as a lion. And we have everything that God has to give. We have it. We have it. Let's believe that, amen? Let's believe that. Amen. That really touched me when I saw that The difference between the Old Testament and New Testament, the word righteousness. Walk straight over there, now walk equal over here. Well, but you know, Brother Steve, I I make mistakes. I might fall and everything. It's okay. A righteous man gets up and goes on. Now, I'm going to tell you, though, I'm going to tell you, sin does hurt us, and it causes destruction. So don't stand it long. (laughs) Don't stand it long. Don't stand it long because sin is there to hurt our life. Y'all understand that, right? We all understand that. And there is a great respect and honor that I have for my father, and I've gained it more and more and more over the years. Man, I don't want to touch that. That stove is hot. I don't want to touch it. And I tell you, I've I've received enough enough discipline, Lord. It's, It's time to. I don't like that discipline. But God doesn't discipline us in a way that's hurting, hurtful. He does it in a loving way that, to bring the peaceful fruit of righteousness, Hebrews chapter 12. So when we do mess up, we're going to learn from it. It may hurt, but then we're going to go on and we're going to come out of that better. Amen? So don't ever get down on yourself when you mess up, but change, change. But I want to encourage you. That word is there for us to believe, and we are pure and clean when we believe that. When we believe in what Jesus did for us, we're pure and clean. And stay in fellowship. Stay in fellowship. Because when we come together, glory to God, the Spirit of God comes upon our lives in a greater way because we're better as a group. I made this analogy last time when I preached. We're like a, a barbecue. You put coals together to light them. You can't light coals when they're all spread out. You put a bunch of them together, you light them together. You pour the fire on them, you light them, and then once they get red hot, then you spread them out. Coals will not light when they're not together, when they're all out on the flat on the barbecue pit. Amen? Amen?